you know? Yes. I said, you know, the better you are at that, the faster you climb the ladder, the higher you get. When you get knocked off, mm. the fall is further mm. and it hurts more. Mm. And I said, and by the way, everybody gets knocked off. Everybody does. Yeah. And, and, and so when you hit the ground, I said, you're allowed to sit there for a second. Yeah. And, and you say, okay, is anything broken? I know, catch your breath. Mm -hmm. I said, and then you have to stand up and you dust yourself off and then you get back on the ladder mm. because th th there is no other alternative. I mean, I... I well, welcome to the Camp is a Dunn School for the special Jurgensen Entrepreneurship event and the first live broadcast of the whole student podcast. Thank you, everybody. The whole student refers to that magical moment when a student is fully seen, heard, and known. When they become recognized by their teachers, they come alive. They go on journeys like the students we heard from today and the journeys we've seen on screen. Uh, we ask notable people about the teachers in their lives that set them on their journey. Today, the notable person is Mark Hurst, and that's why I have my phone in front of me, because I have a bio that is important for you all to take in. Mark certainly, first and foremost, is a father of a Dunn student. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. He's a retired ad agency entrepreneur. Mark got his undergraduate degree from UC Irvine and he received his MBA from Dartmouth. And he focused on marketing, strategy, and communications. And you see that throughout his life. Mark started his professional career at Ogilvy and Mather, advertising in New York City. His clients included American Express, Unilever, Peugeot Automobiles. He then worked on, uh, worked at Ally and Gargano, where he ran the Federal Express account. And we saw some of those commercials early today, and we'll, we will talk about those today. Um, Mark also founded Hurston Partners, a boutique agency, clients including US West, Bell South, Southwestern, Bell, HP, and Cisco. He's retired now. But he's busy. The trustee for the Archaeological Institute of America. He chairs the development committee. Mark Hurst, thank you for being on the podcast at this event. Appreciate you. Thank you, Cal. So I'm going to stop talking and start asking you questions and let you go off. So the first question, and I want the students to really lean in right now, is can you describe yourself as a student when you were growing up? What words would you use? uh challenged mm. <laughs> I, I mean uh i didn't learn to read until fifth grade i had yeah. uh, dyslexia which uh back I'm, I'm an old guy so back in the day uh it took them a long time to figure out uh why i was so slow wow. as a reader um but it ended up working out for me because yeah. um uh because i it kind of put a chip on my shoulder sure. and uh so once uh, I got good tutoring and, and um, some diagnostics and got that all figured out, mm -hmm. um, I basically kept a book in my hand for the next 20 or 30 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was uh, viewed as well-read wow. um, and that made a big difference. Wow. Um, there's so many times in our journeys that sometimes we can make, be made to feel inadequate because of circumstances people haven't seen, they don't understand. Uh, by the time you got to fifth grade, who were the per people in your life that noticed that you needed some help? You know, I had a wonderful teacher, Mrs. Gregory, yeah. and, uh, you know, she was always encouraging and, uh, you know, she would, uh, she knew how I was struggling, um, reading. Thank you. Um, but, uh, 
you know, she said, just w work on your listening skills, uh -huh. you know, fig figure it out. There, there's ways to compensate for everything. And, uh, you know, when I did learn to read and started reading all the time, it was great. But the, the fact that I became a really active listener um, worked so well for me for the rest of my, um, really throughout my career. Wow. Um, you know. Miss Gregory was a, uh, was a person that noticed you. Was there something that set her apart from your other teachers? Just her humanity. I mean, she was such a, a wonderful, caring teacher, you know. Um, she was, uh, you know, my elementary school teacher and wow. just just absolutely terrific. Wow. Yeah. Um, after Miss Gregory, who were the other teachers in your life on your journey that started to see you and started to make you feel like you can do a lot more than you thought possible? You know, I had a wonderful uh, professor in business school, uh, James Brian Quinn, who actually taught uh, the entrepreneurship program um, at Dartmouth, the, wow. the Tuck School. And um, uh, he taught a course in um, strategy as well. And, and that we took that as first year students. Mm. And um, I started off really well in that class. And um, I was feeling feeling my oats and feeling pretty special. Yeah. And then I, uh, I, I took my first exam and I totally bombed it. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> and, and I sort of went back in my shell wow. uh, because I was like, I sort of lost my mooring a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he called me in a couple of days later and he said, like, what's happened to you? You know, and I said, well, like, I, you know, why would you talk when you're doing so badly? You know, yeah, yeah. he said, no, no, no. He goes, you're smart. You're good. He said, you didn't do well on that test, but I got total faith in you. Wow. And he said, I just want you to be who you are. And, and that was great because, I mean, he was a kind of a legendary professor um, in the school. And I, I appreciated that vote of confidence from him. That's amazing. Uh, you became an entrepreneur. Uh, you took your skills into the business world. Uh, at what point in your career did you realize that's what you wanted to do? You know, um, I knew early on um, that I wanted to do something. I, I always thought I had the potential to be persuasive. I thought about going into law. I actually applied to law school when I applied to um, business school. Yeah. Um, but I was pretty sure um, I, I worked as um, a summer program in the public defender's office. Yeah, yeah, do it. And it was it was kind of heartbreaking, to tell you yeah, the truth, yeah, yeah. because you, you see people and they've got all kinds of problems. Yeah. But the um, the legal system isn't exactly set up to help them. And I thought that, that if I did that as a career, it would be kind of um, hard, hard emotionally for yeah. me. And so I thought if I could do something in business, it would be more interesting. But I, I love the idea of trying to convince people to, to come around to my point of view. And that's really what, what advertising is about. You know, you, you present the world and you say, um, you didn't even realize you have a, a problem, an issue here, wow. but I'm going to explain that to you and, and give you a solution and then gather up all your money. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 <laughs> Interesting. You know, there's a pattern in your story, right? In the beginning, you talk about, you know, having a learning difference and you, you have this hurdle, you jump over that. Then uh, you get to that test and you fail. And you get talked into, hey, no, don't give up. And you overcome that. Uh, before that, before you got to that business school, you, you thought about uh, law school. You went into the, and you, and you, and you overcame that two tunnel, which way should I go in my life moment that a lot of people have. So you constantly get back up. You constantly evolve. You constantly move forward. How did you use those skills as you became an entrepreneur? What were your first challenges that you rose to the occasion for. It's really interesting. Um, 
So I work for a series of big advertising agencies and um, had a bunch of success. Yeah. But but you know, uh, for each success, um, there's a setback along the way. I mean, the Federal Express campaign won campaign of the decade. Yeah. I mean, they do thousands of campaigns every year. So to win campaign of the decade is a big deal. Yeah. FedEx was the first company to reach a billion in sales within 10 years of startup. That's pretty common in the internet age and in the technology age, but back in the dirty fingernails sh freight shipping business, yeah. uh, that was very uncommon. Yeah. Um, but you know, we won campaign of the decade and we got fired, you know, <laughs> and you're like, how does that happen? Well, we had a brilliant client who, who totally understood just the best client you could imagine. He got sick, he retired. The woman who replaced him wanted her own campaign. Wow. And, and you know, that's just sort of what happens. Um, I got lucky. I uh, worked for a variety of different really good clients along the way. Telecommunications was an area that um, I got some expertise in. Mm. And um, I started doing some consulting work uh, yeah. for one of the Baby Bell companies. Wow. And after I did that for a couple of months, they asked me if um, I would start an agency for them. And I was sort of like, oh, that's really flattering, guys, but I don't really want to come work for you. I, I, I like being independent. Wow. And they're like, no, 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 no. Well, you can be independent. And I said, well, again, I like you guys a lot, but I don't know how much of my money I want to risk because you're, right, you know, right. a little back and forth. And they're like, oh, we'll fund it. And so wow. they gave me a check for $700,000 that day. And I, uh, I opened up an agency for them. That's amazing. And, and it was really great. But it, as good as that was, we were doing programs for them. Um, and they were very successful. Typically, mm -hmm. if you're doing a direct response, if you get a 1% response rate, mm -hmm. um, it's pretty successful. We were getting 7 or 8% response rate. Yeah. So we're kind of minting money for them. Yeah. And I'm like, this is great, but you know, you, you got to keep reinventing it. And one day my client came to me and he said, um, hey, listen, you know, we were talking to some of the other baby bells. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of them be interested in this program. And in advertising, like in law and lots of mm -hmm. consulting, if you're working for one client in an industry, mm -hmm. you're kind of prohibited from working for their competitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, well, that's great, but you wouldn't let me actually talk to them, right? And they're like, oh no, we're great. We're going to recommend you to wow. all of them. Okay. And, and, and so it, it, the multiplier effect, I mean, it's where I really started um, making considerably more money, which I really liked, <laughs> you know, rather than invent something once, you know, if you could invent it once and then go sell it to multiple clients, wow. that's a, that's a fabulous model. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, one of the gifts of the entrepreneur, the successful entrepreneur is the ability to be a gifted storyteller. You have to be a gifted storyteller to win the ad of the decade, right? You know, all of that. Um, and even now, as you tell your story, you know, everyone's riveted and listening and you can hear a pin drop in the room. Um, when did you realize that you had that in you? What were the first stories you were telling? That's a great question. Um, you know, my mom was a teacher mm. and, uh, and, and so uh, she, she was reading to us from the get go, wow. um, telling us stories, having us create stories. You know, it was just um, it's probably she's probably my biggest influence. Wow. Um, I, I was very lucky. Um, uh, both my parents were great, but my mom, um, when uh, the year I went to business school, my sister started law school wow. and um, my mom dropped us both off. My, my sister was at University of Pennsylvania Law School okay. and uh, 
and she said, you know, I'm not that comfortable with kids, my kids being better educated than I am. And, and so she went back that year uh, to USC and right. got first a master's and then a PhD in education. Wow. And um, my wife uh, went to Columbia and then to Wharton Business School. Right. And, and I often say that part of the reason she was so attractive to me is because, you know, you love your mother. You want you if, if you fall in love with smart women, you fall in love with smart women that's forever. Amazing. And that's an incredible gift that she yeah. gave me because yeah. it made such a difference. I mean, my wife is a very attractive, attractive woman. But 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 well but, 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 well but let me say this. I'm 67 and my wife is 60 and all of that fades as you age a little bit. But you know what? Let me tell you, brains don't fade. Sense of humor doesn't <laughs> fade. That's something you can, you can grow with. That's awesome. And, and if I were going to give the young people here any advice, mm. marry brains. There's got to be mm. some frisson. Mm. There's got to be some good stuff. But, but also... Life is hard. I mean, it is. For every success you have, there's a setback. Yeah. If, if you've got a partner who, who, who can really help, it, it makes a huge difference. My wife ran a four and a half billion dollar bond fund. I mean, mm. I was successful. Honestly, she was more successful. Mm. Um, that's a great combination for, for, for a family. Let me tell you, it's fabulous. Yeah. Um, it makes all the difference. That's awesome. All right, Mr. Storyteller, you've been, uh, you've been weaving us into your story. Uh, those people in your life, uh, in, the, in your life that touched you in terms of the teachers, the professors, the folks that believed in you in terms of business. Um, how many of those folks do you stay in touch with? It, 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 it's really, if, if people help you all along the way, yeah. they're interested. They, they want to know how you're right. doing. Right. It, 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 it's like Bill Clinton was an incredibly gifted politician, mm. a flawed human like all of us. You know mm. what I'm saying? Mm. But 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 when 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 Clinton was in college and in law school, he kept a, a shoebox of every contact he ever had. Right. And when he decided to run um, f for governor, he recontacted all those people and asked for, mm. for donations and everything else. I mean, that sort of networking is incredibly smart and important. Um, when I I didn't have any family in advertising. I didn't have anybody that I, I could I could leverage. When I went to business school, I, I went to the career center because I wanted I knew I wanted yeah. to be in advertising. Yeah. So I went to the career center and I said, um, "Can you get me a list of uh, you know the people who are all senior VPs, EVPs, presidents, right. founders of, of agencies?" Right. And they gave me a list of thirty alums. And I sent them thirty individual letters. And I said, um, "Can you guys? Uh, could I take you to lunch?" You've been incredibly successful in an industry I hope to have some success in, mm. and, and I'd love to hear your story and whatever lessons you have for me. Wow. And virtually all of them agreed, mm -hmm. and I never got to pay for anybody's lunch. They took me to the nicest restaurants in New York City, the Four wow. Seasons, wow. Oak Room at the Plaza. But, but the, the funniest part of it was, I mean, these were really successful people, and I couldn't have been younger or dumber at the time. Yeah. But at the end of the lunch, several of them said to me, they said, you know, it's just been so great talking to you. They said, I, I, I wish my spouse and my kids cared as much about my career as you do. Wow. And, and, and I think that's true. I mean, you know, you, uh, most kids don't ask their parents. I mean, the parents pr pr pay for a lot of stuff, <laughs> but, but, you know, they're not that interested. Right. But people all need that validation. Mm -hmm. and, and if you give that to them, they're incredibly appreciative. Yeah. And, and those people became mentors for me throughout my career and were incredibly generous and kind and networked yeah. for me. And it was great. Well, it's, I probably are also appreciate the fact that you're 
telling them not to give up, but reframe and readjust and think about the opportunity differently, as opposed to seeing a hurdle and saying, oh, I'm done. Seeing a wall in front of them, which is a beautiful part of your journey as well. Um, a question I ask uh, everyone on the podcast, something that really want you to think back to and think to the inspirations in your life. If I had a magic wand, I could wave it and I could summon five individuals who you see as your life's teachers that you can bring together for a dinner, a meal, who would they be? Walk us through each one. Oh, certainly my mom. My mom, see, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't get closer or better. I, I mean, nobody's, nobody's um, judgment or advice mm. I value more than hers. Mm. Um, you know, uh, when I was at uh, Ali Gargano, um, mm -hmm. the creative team, the, Mike Tesh was the guy who came up with the FedEx campaign. Mm. Brilliant, funny guy, mm. really smart and interesting and okay. um, was a mentor to me. So Mike um, Tesh. Yeah, really, really good guy. Okay. Um, I had a boss, uh, Dennis Glennon, who um, uh, was very supportive, right. but he also is like, uh, you're smart you need a lot more polish <laughs> which was correct you. and he said you you really need to um understand what motivates mm -hmm. people even better and he recommended um some books for me that i committed to memory mm. and it was, it was very good advice wow and uh just really great, wonderful guy. Um, I've got a, a buddy I sat on a board with, uh, I, I served on the board of the Catholic Ed Foundation and yeah. there was a, a friend of mine uh, on that uh, that committee and on that board with me, uh, Charlie Steinmetz. And uh, Charlie's just got an incredibly generous spirit. Mm. And uh, he's he's the one who introduced uh, my son to archeology. span Wow. And uh, Spencer did uh, excavations in Sinop, Turkey for two summers and mm. in um, ancient Corinth, Greece for a summer. Mm. And, uh, and, uh, and then uh, Charlie got me on the board for the AIA. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, you know, I, I, I appreciate anybody who's, um, you know, doing things to enrich my family's yeah. experience yeah. and mine, honestly. I mean, um, one of the things about being retired is, um, particularly when you have young children, you don't want to just be playing tennis all the time. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you, you want to show them that you can be productive yeah. and that you've got a, a point of view, you know? Yeah. And so um, those board assignments um, have given real meaning yeah. to my life. I, I will say one other thing is like, um, when I was in the advertising business, one of my bosses said, uh, you're kind of personable, mm. you should run new business for us. And I was scared out of my mind. I was like, I can't do yeah. this. I, I, I mean, I almost got physically sick before the, the, going into these pitches, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, and, you know, 10 years later, the reason I'm on these boards is because I chair the development committees because yeah. I'm considered expert at asking people for money. Yeah. And, and I, I got so comfortable over time. Yeah. It was not something I was good at at all, wow. but with practice and support, I, I, I got good at it. That's great. And um, especially for... Um, nonprofits, um, helping them raise money is everything. Yeah. And so um, it's good. And it gives, like I said, meaning. So you got Charlie, Dennis, Mike, and mom. You got one more seat left. You. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now let me say this. I, I, I will tell you something. I love to talk to people, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my daughter, Blake, who's a 10th grader here, mm -hmm. uh, and she and I were having lunch one day uh, at Industrial Eats. Oh. And, and, you know, they have the big, long uh, yeah. tables and, you know, and, and we were sitting there and there was a young couple that was sitting next to us and we started talking to them and they were charming. They were from the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
uh, my daughter had just started here and uh, the guy was asking Blake, you know, um, what brought us here? And, I, and she said, well, I'm, I'm starting at a new school. I'm starting at the Dunn School. And he said, really? He goes, I, I think they had a school there. Is this guy Cal? And she goes, yeah, they, Cal's they had a school. He goes, yeah, he, he worked at my prep school up in Northern California. Mm. He goes, he's the, he's the only guy I still stay in touch with from that whole school. He goes, he goes he's the greatest. And, 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 and literally, I looked at my daughter. I said, we've made a really good choice. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it, it's true. It was just wow. sort of like, wow. wow. It was like the, this angel was on our shoulder to just know oh, that we, wow. we had been guided well. Wow. And, and, wow. and uh, but, and, and Jay Conger, who is a dear friend yeah, of mine, yeah. speaks incredibly well wow. about you as well. So well, thank you. Well, I, I'm, I'm flattered by that. And you see how inspiring he can be, right? It's phenomenal. Uh, so I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be taking that into the weekend, right, with the glove. Um, so one thing we haven't done on the podcast is go live, right? And we're going live for a reason. At this event, we're opening up questions from the audience, right? Are there are there parts of Mark's story or things that he said that inspire you or create some curiosities. Do you want to ask a question? And we have an opportunity now as a mic that's floating around that you can ask. So Mark, we're going to go live. We've got a question up front right here. Young entrepreneur. Uh, hi, I really enjoyed this podcast so far. I just have one question. Sure. What were the books that you committed to memory? Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. So, um, um, there's this Dale Carnegie book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> and, and, and it was kind of a revelation for me because, you know, it, it talks about um, when you make a mistake, how you need to acknowledge it. Wow. You know, you don't, don't hide from it and apologize. And if, if you mess something up for a client, you just go to them and, and, and take full ownership. Mm. And honestly, you kind of go overboard with it mm. because if you do that, then they feel heard mm. and they understand um your commitment to them mm. you know what i mean it's it's um it's hard to mess up i, I mean we all do we're all human yeah. um so it's just something that you, you, it's a skill that everybody needs to have but that was just one of 30 lessons 40 lessons in that book and yeah. uh um you know when i was talking to people um who wanted to get into advertising i mm. i would tell them two or three books and i said it's not about reading them i said you you kind of got to commit it to memory mm. if you if you read it with that kind of mindset um you'll do incredibly well in interviews and people will say you know for somebody outside of business how do you know it so well mm. and you just tell them and that's impressive as hell to anybody mm. you know it just is wow. so um yeah great advice excellent question don't be shy now there you go so as we're pulling onto campus today, we see all of the college logos there mm. on, on the walkway up. And my husband said, wouldn't it be cool to be 18 again, embarking <laughs> on that part of your life and headed off to a new place with a new plan? Uh, what would you do differently if you were 18, oh. headed off to a new place with a new plan? Mm. Like a lot of the kids in this room are. You know, you know, I, I also saw um, all, all the chalk drawings of uh, the logos for all the schools. And there's some fantastic schools. They're really all fantastic. As I say to my kids and other kids I talk to, I said, you know, the truth of the matter is um, 
colleges offer a wealth of opportunity and, and nobody has enough time um, to take advantage of all of them. Wow. But, you know, it's not about just going to Harvard or Yale or mm. Stanford. All of these schools have amazing, amazing programs. So, you know, um, what I told my son, who's now a, a senior in college and about to graduate and go on to a year of graduate school is I said, try everything. I mean, just, just try everything. I said, it's okay to try it and say, you know, not for me. Um, but, but I said, that's what college is about. Just, you know, the opportunity to explore n new avenues that are, that are completely new to you. You know, honestly, I had a blast in college. I had a blast in business school. And there's certainly times when I would love to be 18 again, especially when it's hard getting out of bed. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, I, I don't need to do any of it over again. <laughs> uh, I, I, I like traveling with my wife right now. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, the pace is a little bit slower than at 18, but it's lovely. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. All right. Back to the front. Uh, you talked a lot about your wonderful career throughout this great conversation, but I'm curious because a lot of entrepreneurs, they talk about failure and how failure drives them and how they turn mm. failure into motivation. And I'm just curious what the biggest setback in your career was and how you moved forward from that. You know, it, um, failure is part of everybody's life. And um, I always say to my kids, there's sort of two kinds of failure. There's uh, run-of-the-mill failure, which you just uh, you, you cope with. And then there's catastrophic failure, mm. which takes you out of the game, which is yeah. why I tell my kids, you, you don't get to drink and drive, yes. you know, I, yes. I mean, because even if you don't kill yourself, you kill somebody else and your life is kind of yeah. over. I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, so, so you, you got to figure that out. Um, I was doing work for a client um, and uh, uh, I was introduced them from a previous client and who was doing some consulting for them. And uh, we did a lot of work and they owed us a lot of money mm. and they never paid. And it hurts. I mean, it just hurts. And I've got well connected with lawyers and everything else. And they're like, we can go get them, but this is going to cost you a lot more money. Wow. And, and, you know, it, it, it just is. Uh, and sometimes you just, you, you write it off and you just keep moving. Mm. Um, but it's a hiccup and it hurts. And, and, and you're, you, you wonder if you can keep the lights on and, you know, make sure everybody gets paid. Um, I mean, as an entrepreneur, the, the reality is everybody gets paid before you, you know. Um, but uh, when it's when it's good, there's nothing sweeter. Wow. You know? Yeah. How do you not dwell on it, right? Dwell on something that feels like a setback, and keep it moving and keep it moving in the right direction. What is it about your training, your upbringing, intrinsic to you? Yeah, I, I mean. It, 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 you, you do have sleepless nights, you know, there, there's definitely, um, hard times and, um, that just goes with the territory. Um, I'm an optimistic person. I am a definitely a glass half full kind of guy, not a, you know, um, and I've always been that way. Um, but, um, you know, uh, it, it's nice having lots of support from family and from friends. You know, I, I talked about in business school, you know, being thinking I was pretty special <laughs> in, in, in that class only to get crushed. Right, right. And um, and it meant the world to me to have a professor call me in and say, yeah, get get back on the horse, get, you know, mm -hmm. do it right. And, yeah. and, and that's that's um, I tell my kids all the time. I said, you know, um, People talk about climbing the ladder, a career ladder, you know, yeah. I said, you know, 
the better you are at that, the faster you climb the ladder, the higher you get. When you get knocked off, mm. the fall is further mm. and it hurts more. Mm. And I said, and by the way, everybody gets knocked off. Everybody yeah. does. Yeah. And, and, and so when you hit the ground, I said, you're allowed to sit there for a second yeah. and, and you say, okay, does anything broken? I know you catch your breath. Mm -hmm. I said, and then you have to stand up and you dust yourself off and then you get back on the ladder mm -hmm. because th th there is no other alternative. I mean, right. I, I know, look, my wife and I have been extraordinarily lucky in so many ways, mm -hmm. but we have friends that are smarter than us that, that are honestly harder working than we are. Mm -hmm. And we're pretty hardworking. Um, and they haven't had that success. I also know people who are smarter than us who got knocked off the ladder and, and they just couldn't get back on. Wow. And it's kind of heartbreaking yeah. because they're very, very talented. But um, you, you have to have that resiliency just in life because mm -hmm. um, whether it's in your personal life, you know, um, a relationship that goes south on you or it's in your career, it's just going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and you just got to be resilient. The resiliency mindset. Wow. Wow. Other questions from the crowd? I loved hearing about the books that were interesting to you in your younger years. What are you reading now? Mm. I, I just read a, a book um, that I loved, a, a novel. Uh, yeah, I probably read 80% um, nonfiction. Yeah. Um, and there's some wonderful nonfiction, but there's a, a novel called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it. It's actually, it's, it's a California based, um, author, a woman, and it's about, um, uh, a, a, a young, um, boy and girl who, who meet, um, he's in the hospital. He, he's been in a car accident and, um, he, he's been sort of badly injured and they start playing video games together and they're just wow. sort of junior high school and high school. And then, wow. um, she goes to MIT and he goes to Harvard and they reconnect in Cambridge and they're both taking video game classes and they start a video game company and they're successful. And, and, and it's a fabulous book. Wow. It's so, it's so much fun. I, if you, if you need a summer read, I couldn't recommend anything. Awesome. More than that. It's, it's a, it's a fabulous book. Yeah. That's awesome. Mark, I appreciate you. And, uh, we're going to leave the rest of the time for you and, and me and the others to mingle in the crowd. And as we say on the podcast, class dismissed. Oh, thank you so much. Really pleasure. The Whole Student Podcast has been brought to you by Duncast. Produced by J.D. Scroggin, the Director of Marketing and Communication at the Dunn School, and co-produced by Brandon Scott of Comfort Food. Thank you for joining us.